welcome Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy. Thank you. Of of the you're the pastor of the uh, Marble Falls area. I am at Hill Country Fellowship Church. Yes. Um. So d- I've interviewed your daughter. You have <laughs> numerous times. She is the number one interviewee. She's amazing. Yeah. She's great <clears throat> to begin with, and then yeah, I mean it's high rated stuff, and they're good. Mm-hmm. I've got to I've got to watch the last one still, but that, honestly, of all the interviews I've done, that last one I did with her is probably my favorite. Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife Lacey and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. So good job. Thank you. I know it was all you're doing. She's pretty stellar. We, well, because somebody asked me too. They're like, so when you when you guys were navigating that super hard thing with your kid, what yeah. did you do? And I'm like, do you want to know the crazy, awesome mathematical equation? Piles of tears, snot, and prayer. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. And we're like, what'd you do? Oh, and we love and we did love her well. We were like, hey, yeah. we're we love you period. Yeah. But other than that, man, it was just really going, Holy Spirit, how do we love? How do we minister? How right. do we walk her through this? And uh, anyways, I mean, but that, you know, several years later on the backside of that, it is like, God, you so showed up in the middle of that. Cause you're right. Yeah. I did nothing but to like sob and pray, sob and pray, sob and pray. That's all we did. I think there's some spiritual, um, things that people struggle with we've struggled with the only answer is prayer there's not like a hey if you read this bible verse in this specific translation or if you do these five things then all of a sudden freedom i think there's certain subjects where jesus because there we have another friend who's struggling and very much you know me and lacy talking it's like babe i think this one's going to be the only the only way we can encourage is through prayer, and they right. may not even know. Because uh, there's even another situation we're you know attempting to speak into right now in that same regard, mm-hmm. and it's like it's brass. It's br- I mean yep. you're like you're up against a brick yep. wall, and they shake their head like this, and they're like, okay, so yeah, at that point you just yep. you, you retreat to the one thing you know works beyond all things. God, I can approach you, and you can mm-hmm. move stuff and and you know go through walls that i can't that i can't physically you know do as a man yeah so yeah i love the fact and, and i love the fact too because then the holy spirit gets to show up and speak yeah and that beyond everything changes everything like you said nothing else but when 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 you show up and you invest in that prayer and sometimes man it feels like feels like you're dragging a 10-ton truck behind you with like a shoulder strap in prayer but the but the fruit of that labor in that is just I mean you you kind of turn around one day and you're like oh wow you did it <laughs> yeah yeah so no you're absolutely right and I think that's the that it, it, it does though it, and I don't know why it didn't hit me but it's been probably a last year where I realize oh oh prayer actually prayer's the thing I do not if I study hard enough or research hard enough or what it's like some things i'm like oh oh okay so 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 i just sit in my office and pray got it okay cool awesome that's what i'll do i don't need books no kidding (laughs) (laughs) no but right like there's certain things where you feel like oh man if i knew more if i if i just did enough research for long enough then i would have that one word or that one pro you know profound thing to say when when i think sometimes i genuinely like and jesus said it hey this one only comes out through prayer and fasting and i'm like okay so i'm going to research prayer and fasting (laughs) or my house is to be a house of prayer yeah i think even one time it was funny we were sitting in your living room in alaska and I was telling you about all the stuff I thought that God was asking me to do and Bible school and all these Mm -hmm. other things. And then so just, I had been praying and asking God about (laughs) to speak to me. And then you went, um, is that what Jesus is asking you to do? Or is that you? And like in that moment, I was like, oh, it's me. It's not the very Uh thing. Thank you. (laughs) But it's, it's those almost like stupidly profound things where, yeah, exactly that. Someone will... I don't know. It's, it's, I'm starting to walk in it now. Like after however many years of crazy charismatic people around me saying, Hey Nate, (laughs) 
you know, seek the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'm going to go research the Holy Spirit. Right. Or I'm going to go find all the verses that deal with the I Holy Spirit. I wrote a 12-page paper. Do you want to see it? As I make fun of other people who are actually walking in the Spirit. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. It died out with the apostles anyway, so... <laughs> For those of you listening, and this is your first, that is not true. <laughs> Jeremy's, Jeremy is not speaking true. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so a couple of the, so one thing I was going to ask you about is, speaking of which, you are a bit more, you grew up, uh, did you grow up in a charismatic church, or, or what was the atmosphere that you grew up in? See, I really didn't, though. <clears throat> like, my my spiritual um, knowledge on the front half of my life was a lot of vacation Bible school at the summer at my dad's Baptist church. No, not to, not to you know, beat up on any denomination, but that's where my dad went to church. And it was a great church, and the people were super loving, and they taught the Word of God and loved well and fellowshiped well, you know. Um, uh, but that that was very, very light. So it was all that summertime stuff or when I would be there during Christmas time. I remember, you know, Christmas productions and, and great stuff. And my dad was a musician. So, I mean, he was always involved in all those details. But so it was very light coming up. I, I knew the reality I responded to an altar call at a Billy Graham crusade in Anchorage, actually, at five. Oh, wow. Like I had a legitimate experience at five with God. And then life happens. When my parents got divorced at at five after that happened, it was very hard because there was no connection. So from five to thirteen, I kind of eked it out, and I would invest when I was with my dad. My mom was not in church and not a believer, um, so when we would step step into those times, I would invest, but then I would go back to Alaska, and then it would be like, well, you know, I believe in God. I think He's real. I know Jesus died for for my life, but. It just didn't click. And then I made a conscious decision at 13 to be like, I'm out. Okay. So from 13 until 25, man, I just, I lived for myself. Um, never did not believe in God, but I had my serious jacked up view of who he was, how I could operate in it. I could be totally selfish with my own stuff. And I was totally cool with God. So what at 13 made you, or at least put into your thoughts like, hey, I'm out. I, I think my, my dad's pastor, who even over the course of those years from five until 13 had lived in the area and they would drive out from Anchorage to Eagle River, pick me up, take me to church and bring me back every week. Um, they actually went to plant a church in Alabama uh, probably when I was about 11. So there was about a two year period where it was very occasional church goings. And then it was just my dad loving me full on believer from afar, but from 4,000 miles, it just, there was no cohesive, uh, traction and relationship with God for me mm. as a young man. So I was just like, this is too hard. And my life experiences had been so difficult up until that point with my parents' divorce, my mom's relationship choices, and then just my own trauma that I caused myself. I was like, if if there really is a God, I don't believe he's good and he's a mean taskmaster. So forget it. I'm that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. My life doesn't look good or feel good, and it's super hard, so I'm done. I'm going to go create my own happiness in my own space. So that's kind of how that worked at 13 for me. Okay, so is a lot of, <clears throat> like, would you say, like, would it be disappointing, Dis like, Maybe frustrate whatever, well, like just a, several disappointing circumstances that led up to that? I was mad at my dad for not... Uh, loving my mom well and sticking around mm. and and drinking a lot see so right about the time my parent got parents got divorced my dad had a really great loving christian background but he went into the air force and had like a three-year period where it was super screwy um and he you know alcohol women he kind of stepped back he stepped out of his relationship with god into a self you know motivated relationship so when he kind of re-engaged god at 25 my parents marriage was already super messy mm. he genuinely was broken and repentant and and, and pursued my mom and wanted to work on relationship, but she didn't. So I was mad at him because he screwed up the marriage. I was mad at my mom because she had all these boyfriends, mental, mental abuse, physical abuse, um, and just hard stuff. I mean, you know, boyfriend showing up late at night, drunk, smashing windows. I mean, not that my mom was like attempting to 
cultivate that kind of thing, but just her, her brokenness and her background kept leading her to those type of guys. So that was the kind of stuff that I had to deal with. And then broken marriages. I mean, my, my, my sister, my brother and I, we all have different dads. I actually, I, I have two brothers. He has a different dad. So there was just a lot of dicey stuff in our family dynamic that although my mom absolutely loved and provided for us, it was just, it's hard. Yeah. No electricity, no running water for most of my childhood. I mean, it was, it, it just was hard and I never really felt safe in those spaces. Yeah. So I felt like I always had to defend myself. And if I was gonna, not going to man up and make it happen, it just wasn't going to happen for me. So, and you grew up in kind of backwoods, Alaska, right? small town. Yeah, yeah, so all over. I mean, Peters Creek, uh, the in Eagle River, Bear Mountain. When you come through Peters Creek area mm -hmm. on the right hand side, I lived on the back side of that mountain. Um, we did have spring fed water, so I didn't have to haul it as far up there. But yeah, I mean, we hauled water in five gallon buckets. Uh, our wall, walls caught on fire around Christmas time oh, when I was like six. I woke up to the chainsaw, my stepdad cutting open walls. Yeah, so, anyways, there was a lot of unique things. I mean, my brother, I would be like, I want to bathe first tonight so I could get the clean water. Sure. Like, there there was a lot of there was a lot of there was a lot of cool things about that experience it afforded yeah. me great things and missions later on because i'm like man put me in a mosquito net and throw me in the jungle but um yeah so there was a lot of that a lot of that stuff was fun that the relational stuff was was the harder stuff i mean yeah. You know, it's kind of unique. I always talk about honey buckets and things that we have to use to do as a kid. I won't go into those stories because they're slightly gross. <laughs> but, you know, um, we used to have fun with our trash at the dump in Eagle River. Let's just leave it at that. So, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah. What did you guys do? No, no. I'm too no, you got to know. You got to know. So we had a toilet, but we didn't have running water. So we right. would put plastic bags on the oh, toilet. Yeah. yeah. So when you had to go number two, that was where you went. And then we would double bag those up in those heavy duty, mm -hmm. like hefty black trash bags right and back in the day you could take those to the dump <clears throat> oh okay. okay so we would load up our dump trailer and head to the dump with the trash whatever we couldn't burn so back then they didn't have regulations on scavenging trash at the dump so <laughs> it was kind of a fun family thing we would do we would drive out to the dump and we would dump our trash and then we would kind of pull over to this little side <laughs> this little side area and we would wait for the trash scavengers to come because this one guy would always come with a pocket knife and he was poking bags. And I remember one time so vivid, he was going through the trash and ripping open bags. And we knew that the bag he was headed for next was a poop bag. Mm -hmm. Probably had lots of you know, human stuff in it. So he goes to the bag, he stabs it with a knife and it erupts up like this, like it leaks all over him. And he goes, <gasps> it just, the look on his face, man, it was so crazy. And he's like, oh, just reeling because he had just had a human urine and poo um, shot at him out of a plastic bag. So anyway, that is, that is my story uh, about that. So, um, Anyway, and we had honey buckets at our bed. So in the middle of the night when it's like 30 below zero out in Alaska, you don't want to go to the no. outhouse. So you climb on the bucket and you go and then you dump it in one of those plastic bags, take yeah, it to the yeah, dump yeah. and it's like, woo, family time. Anyway, that's one of my, uh, one of my is... childhood stories. It is the best. That's fantastic. <laughs> Some guy in Alaska is like, oh, God, no, I don't. I mean, chuckling. All of us just hunched oh, over man. in the front of the truck, just watching, watching. Anyway, oh, I love guy. it. <laughs> okay, so, um, so you're, so how did you go from, I'm angry at God and he's disappointing to the super encouraging life giving guy that you are today? Like what, like, did you just wake up one day and going, oh, here I am now? Well, <laughs> sort of, but not okay. really. Um, you know, when <clears throat> I was engaged to be married, 23. 324 so coming into my 25th year um that the the girl i was engaged to went back to college well within about three or four weeks with a the big fat engagement ring i had bought her she cheated on me with okay. some dude in the dorm and i thought this is probably not a girl that i want to spend the rest of my life with um so um my buddy went and got the ring back thank you seth um <laughs> he went and got that back and actually you know i I'm friends with her still. But anyways, long story short, that kind of that kind of broke me in that moment. About the same time, I had uh, known Leslie in high school and she was her and friend. She, her and Sarah had been friends since they were like 14. So and I had known Sarah, too. So there were some connections where we knew of each other, didn't know each other very well. And uh, they were headed to a wedding. And I made some comment like, man, where are you ladies going type thing? Mm -hmm. You know, like my 
I'm just going to pursue women because that's what I do to fill the empty void in my life. So <clears throat> little did I know that she was a pastor's kid and she actually had a daughter. Kalina was two at that point in time. So I made some comment and she said, and Leslie goes, where's your fiance? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm disengaged. <laughs> and uh, so that kind of started a deal because during that whole time when that disengagement happened, I went on like this. And I when I reconnected with Leslie, it was like a end of a three month binger. I would party pretty much nonstop. Somehow, by the grace of God, kept my job. I didn't. I didn't die. Like there was some times where I probably should have just ended up in a crumpled pile of metal on my truck somewhere. But God had grace, and He was moving mm. on my life. All the while, all these years, thirteen to twenty-five, Dad sending me Bibles. I'm, I open it up once in a while and read it. But He sent me up His utmost for His highest by Oswald Chambers. I would read that every day, have really vile, hard conversations with God, yell at God, or I would rejoice when it felt good and the love piece came through one of Oswald's things, which is not once in a while. It's just once in a while because the rest mm -hmm. of it is just conviction. Anyway, it's good for you. Um, but I would read that every day and I would have these kind of battle sessions with God. So all culminating up to that point. And then uh, we, Leslie and I went on two dates <clears throat> and I thought, well, I can fake church. I've been faking church for the last you know 12 years of my life. So I'm going to go to church and pursue the girl. So... I showed up to church that morning and um, there was something different about that mm. small church. And it was, uh, I kind of choked up thinking about it, but I walked through the doors because my intention was <clears throat> nothing but but Leslie. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about you know the kid. I'm like, I just, I'm pursuing my own selfish stuff. But I showed up that day, man, and I don't know what Leslie's dad preached. I have no idea. <laughs> I was just overwhelmed by the presence of God and I heard his voice speak to me mm -hmm. and I was like, whoa, I don't, I don't have a basis for that. Mm -hmm. So I, I heard him speak to me and he said, son, are you ready? Mm -hmm. I, I still want you. And those are the, those are the simple things I heard, but I was like, holy, who, who just spoke to me? And then I was like, oh, that's you. Because I had even prayed a prayer like flippantly in my bed or in my bedroom that night, Lo like Lord, if you could make this girl be my wife forever, maybe I'll change my kind of like you know weird ways. And he was like, okay, all right, here you go, buddy. Um, so, but I showed, and it wrecked me, man. I I wanted so badly to respond because Leslie's dad's old school, like you know, altar call, come to the front, dump your junk, and get free, which was really what I needed to do. So, I didn't actually do it that Sunday. I was like, oh, and afterwards I went and talked to him and Leslie, and Leslie's like, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And <laughs> um, so I actually went and I prayed with her and her dad, and I gave my life to Jesus right after church mm -hmm. that day. And he said, and he came to me and he said, um, he said, Jeremy, what you need to do next week just for you, for your life, for everything that you've done is make a definitive decision. He said, so I want you to come back to church next week, obviously, um, and I want you to respond to the altar call. He said, I just really think for you, this mm -hmm. is gonna be one of those moments that needs to happen. And he said, it doesn't, have to, doesn't have to happen like that. He said, but for you, respond. So I showed up next Sunday, have no clue what he preached two weeks in a row. I responded to the altar call. And again, that pres that same presence of God, that same voice of the Lord showed up and it, it wrecked me, man, because for mm -hmm. the first time, it wasn't a far off God. I was like, dude you're like it's like the conversation yeah. we're having here today you're so close to me and you desire me after i've lived in complete opposition to the to this you still want me i'm in so that was kind of that pinnacle transition thing for me where i was like i'm i'm sold if this is how god actually is and he wants to interact with me like i've read in the bible for years about i'm i'm good put me mm -hmm. in coach so that's really what what wrecked me that day so what led I guess how did you how did you then cultivate that that relationship with him? Because it's like, you know, I look at I look at what you do or or how you behave. You know, whether it's one on one, you're on a mission field, you're you're preaching, you're you're talking with people. You you always seem to be ready and willing to be to be that conduit of of. God's encouragement to people. And so how did you go from that time, that altar call yep. of, of, okay, God, you're real to, I guess that who you are today and, and what were some things that you had to do? And I don't mean that in a performance right. way. I mean, like, cause I, <clears throat> I, I, in talking with people, he was like, well, I, I have too many people in my life who are like, I've never heard the voice of God, which 
looking on them, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> uh, like, I, right. You're just not validating it. But for you, what was that from going from that that kid who, uh, yeah, finally met or, or felt like he met mm-hmm. God maybe for the first time to, I don't know, the voice, like being just so clearly able to hear his voice. I I walked away that Sunday and I went back to my house and I said, God, I really don't know you, but I want to. And I don't want to have any preconceived ideas of what you can and can't do. So whatever gift, however you want to show up, please do it. Because mm-hmm. I've lived way too long and wasted too much time. Like I want all of you, even if I don't understand it, because background spiritual wise the holy spirit was not a talked about thing mm-hmm. it was a very glanced over a very well it's in there but we really don't go there yeah so yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> even my background i mean lots of bible stories lots of good stuff yep. love god love people all but but the holy spirit wasn't present in those teachings and and within that life although if i look at my dad's life i could tell you i absolutely saw the holy spirit operating through right. his life right but he didn't i don't even think he knew it really right. what that was so I just said, I want it all. So I be, begin to immediately have movie theater, trailer visions, and dreams. So it was like automatic. I prayed that prayer and the next day I woke up like having dreams. I'm like mm. having crazy dreams like heaven and standing at the at the edge of water running into a hole. I'm just kind of sharing some pictures, but yeah. like there were things the Lord spoke to me about those visions that I've watched play out over the course of years. And then, so those kind of visions in that be having conversations and the Holy Spirit would say, tell them this. And I would be like, that is so weird, but okay. So I just kind of, again, purpose to not understand it, but I just, I just like, like a fifth grader threw myself into it and mm. thought, I'm just going to go for it. I don't even know what it is. I actually went to Leslie's dad and I said, I think I'm slightly crazy. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, this is what's happening. And he said, just like Leslie had said, um, it's the Holy Spirit. He said, son, that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't even know what that means yet, but right on. Um, So I just threw myself into it. And during that time period, we had a friend from South Africa come who, like, I tell you what, man, prophetically in that charismatic and and again, coming up in a charismatic church where all those things were like swing for the fences, baby, Mm -hmm. huck your faith out there. And something might look a little weird sometimes, but it was genuinely good and right. So, um, but he comes and that guy, man, actually you met him, David McDonald. Oh yeah. yeah. He would come and he would, I mean, we had him in there for the first probably five, six years of my spiritual life he was there twice a year and and spoke into that gift because he recognized it it was it was already happening and i would watch him operate and i would be like dude god if that is what you're beginning to scrape the surface of i want i want to operate in that Mm -hmm. like not for my own selfish things but you said every gift that you pour out spiritual gift is for the building up of the body and i'm so extroverted anyways and not uh i'm willing to be embarrassed Put me in, just yeah. do it. So he kind of invested and spoke into that and I just kept doing it, man. I would walk into Walmart and one time in particular, God said, tell her she's not crazy. And I'm like, oh God, in Walmart? But she probably I mean, she might be, she's in sweatpants. I don't even know, in slippers in winter in Alaska. But I walked up to that lady, man, and I was just obedient, right? Mm. And I spoke that over her tears began to roll down her face. And then I just began to speak what the Holy Spirit kind of peeled out. And she said, thank you so much. I've been, I've been Mm. begin to experience God in a new way. And everyone thinks I'm totally crazy, but I know I'm hearing God. Mm. So anyways, it was just, it was one after the other like that, where I just said, yes, yes, yes. Um, And I did that and I kind of dog-legging, but so hearing clearly, although I knew what was going on. There is still that obedience in that prophetic gift, if you will, to step into it. I remember one time a lady came to church shortly after kind of that Walmart gig and I've been operating in it and it felt really comfortable. But that day the Lord gave me a word for that lady in church. And I was like, Mm-mm, nope, too weird. Can't do it. And, I, and God was like, son, I really need you to mm. tell her. Um, I brought her here for that reason. And I was like, mm, nope, not today. Hard pass. Hard pass. I'm good. <laughs> so for three months, ooh, three long months, the Lord took me through a, a, a discipline correction. I love you. I'm going to teach you some stuff process because I didn't go into that 
moment, I, I stepped out of it. So for three months, I would pray, nothing. Hmm. I would ask, nothing. I would be out and about in public, be asking the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me in my day and, and speak whatever word I needed to do, nothing. Stone dead quiet. And I thought, oh, I'm the worst believer ever. Like I didn't do what I was told to do and now I'm in trouble. Like, but he's a good dad. See, so good that three months later, that lady came back to church again. Hadn't seen her for three months. Mm. Same lady rolls up into church three months later and the Holy Spirit goes, do you remember what I told you to tell her? And I said, yes, I absolutely do. And, he, and the Holy Spirit said, this is my goodness. It will still be good for her today. Mm. And I thought to myself, in my obedience, you knew I was going to not do it. And then you kept her such a good God. Mm. You kept that word relevant for three months later. You bring her back to encourage her, but to lovingly teach me that, son, I really need you to just be available. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of one of those cool things where I was like, oh, no, I've, I've ruined. I must have lost my salvation. Like I went through every like scenario. But man, it was so cool to see God move in that moment in my disobedience, but my willingness to step back into relationship and be repentant mm -hmm. and just be a good son. He's a really good dad. And he, and he, and he restored me in that moment. So it was, it was kind of one of those cool that's things, cool. but neat story. Yeah. But that's kind of how that grew. Okay. And yeah. so you just, just one step of obedience after another. Absolutely. Cause okay. honestly, sometimes it feels really odd. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but early on I was like, or I would be in the gym and I'm like, oh, I don't, I just want to work out. And he's like, no, I need you to do this now, mm -hmm. please. Okay. And I, again, simple obedience. And mm -hmm. out of that, I think that's, that's, I'm like, I'm always, I'm like hunting. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? When? How? <clears throat> oh, you want me to do? Okay, cool. I'll do that there. Right yeah. on. In stage and when I'm teaching, preaching, whatever it happens to be in a small group meeting, bring a word for me. I was praying for a guy this morning and I got a super clear word for him and I'm excited to share that with him. So again, it's become normal in the fabric of my life. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, we've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com slash support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. So funny David McDonald story, which I want to actually talk to you more about. Um, so our last year in Homer before we moved here, <clears throat> I felt very strongly that God was like, you know, when you, you're, um, do you have, I forget, do you have brothers? I have two brothers two actually. Brothers. Okay. So, you know, when they, they're, you're close to a pool and your brothers are like trying to throw you in. Oh yes. Okay. I feel like that was my last year in Homer is I got, I started getting the <laughs> sense that Jesus was going to start shoving me into the pool of the Holy Spirit. Okay. You not, weren't resistant to it at all, though. Not a fan, okay? <laughs> but, like, you, right? Like, you can start to sense... You know, I have two older brothers. And so, like, you kind of catch them out of the corner of your eye, and you're like, oh, no, because I'm, I'm small. They can do this. It's going to happen. I'm still going to fight it, <laughs> just on the slim no. chance. So our last year... So we start not attending a church, um, but we started going to their, like, conferences that they would hold, right. okay? So we were going to a conservative church and started doing conferences at this crazy charismatic church. Yes. Okay. Um, and Which is funny because now I'm like, huh, they're not that crazy. <laughs> so, but like back then, you know, and, and just overwhelming feeling after overwhelming feeling of, for me, it was, it, it was like speaking in tongues. That's like my, sure. that's my nemesis. And so... Lacey would be like, do it now. And I'm like, I don't, don't want to do it. <laughs> She's like, babe, I know you're like, it's like right on the edge there. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. So I didn't. Um, 
but one of the last conferences we went to was David McDonald. There's actually a couple conferences right. in a row. And um, he spoke something over us that we thought we would be stepping into when we moved. Right. And, and it was it was you guys are moving into a time of um, operating out of peace and not pressure. And so we're like, oh, praise God. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. And and at the time we knew we were looking at moving here. And so we move. And for two and a half years, it was nothing but pressure. Uh, and it, like incredible discouragement, incredible disappointment. Right. And so the last, and, and I mean, all of that time, God's asking us to give up, essentially release control of things, release for Lacey, her personal things, me, my personal things. I'm right. not talking about <clears throat> things of like sin, no, but things of, like control, things of, of um, where you know God's like, do you trust me here? Then let me have that. Yes, right? but I would like to hold on to it, please. Yeah, because I like to be in control. Yeah. Because it makes sense that way. So um, so in the last year, the uh, one of the prophecies that he spoke over our life of operating out of a place of peace rather than pressure, we feel like we've been starting to walk in over the last year. And there's been some crazy things that have happened um, more, I would say more so in the last year that should have derailed us. Right. Than any time previously in our marriage. And um but we're just we're at such a place of like not like say la vie or apathy, right. but like God, you've proven yourself. You're good. And even I would say like two years ago, I think. I think I I spoke in tongues. Yeah. And so I finally gave in just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. That was it. <laughs> I mean, it's always a hard thing, and I have that conversation with people too, and they're like, well, I, I hear you. I know you do. And I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a main core part of my my spiritual relationship well, with God. Oh, same thing with Lacey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. When, I, when I came on staff in Alaska, the first, I remember we were, in a, we were in a staff meeting one day, <coughs> and somebody had mentioned someone needed prayer. They were, I forget, it was some demonized. And Lacey goes, send Jeremy. He's the Pentecostal guy. Anyway, um, it was so funny. I remember that crystal clear. But, but, the, but the praying in tongues piece, what I loved about Leslie's dad's approach with that is it wasn't forced. It wasn't mm-hmm. contrived. It wasn't manufactured. I mean, because like I told you, immediate visions, Holy Spirit, I'm getting words for people in public and in church like all the time but it was like three or four months later and i'm like i I, again i had prayed that prayer and kept praying at god whatever you have i don't want to i don't want to poo poo it i don't want to cancel it out Mm -hmm. i want you to reveal it to me and then one time in a service on a sunday morning leslie's dad came by very lightly touched me on the shoulder and said son receive the holy spirit Mm. and like i had been operating in that it was Mm. sealed to me at my salvation but it came alive and it came out of my mouth i was Mm. like oh there it is like it wasn't it was so sweet when it happened Mm. it wasn't like because i'd had other guys come in meetings right lay hands on me and praying in tongues violently (laughs) which and they're like okay they're like kind of pushing you pushy and i'm that guy where i'm like you are not pushing me down jack i will stand up and defy you pushing me um but then when it happened, it was so sweet. And the Holy yeah. Spirit was like, and okay, you're going to let me have your tongue? Then I'll do it. Yeah. So it was so cool. Yeah. It was It was definitely, it, it was actually, I was teaching here, youth. I was really praying. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I was just like, oh, all right. I guess that happened. <laughs> and then, but that was it. Like, that was it. Done. Yep. And so... so I can't say anything like crazy happened, but it was just one of those things where I was like, it was one of the, one of the times I recognize as me releasing control to God. Yes. Right. And, uh, and, um, um, like for me, one of the gifts early, early on when I actually started kind of following after God, um, back in high school towards senior year, I was always on like youth leader teams and I've always had a gift of discernment but it would be accompanied with you're an idiot you need to change (laughs) like zero grace whatsoever but it's like i would get these uh i call them pull quotes 
So right. I don't see, I don't have visions necessarily, but I get these pull quotes from people's lives. Right. And I like, that's what I hone on. Well, prior, like what I would usually do with that gift is be like, pull quote, oh, okay, you're being an idiot by doing this. You should stop doing that thing. Like that would be my go-to. Well, in the last, um, I'll tell you, like since that kind of last year in Homer, recognizing God's love in that that gift of discernment has to be accompanied with the prophetic. The uh, I think it's First Corinthians fourteen. Is that right? Yep. And and dealing with the pro- the prophetic is consoling. It's comforting. It's it's encouraging. Right. And so what what I've learned to do is take that <clears throat> discernment factor. See, okay, here's where they're struggling. Mm-hmm. What's the word for them, God? That will encourage them. And then I'll let, I'll let you convict. I'll let you be the convictor right. where they're not meeting that word. Does that make sense? Like yeah, where absolutely. Yeah. And so, th- like I said, that, that's been my journey with, with God and operating, still operating in the same gift, but doing it with maturity, with love. Man, I think, I think, you know, as we're talking about hearing the voice of God and the Holy Spirit and the prophetic, I think it has been one of the greatest areas that the enemy has robbed the church of. Due to maybe some of the Pentecostal charismatic stuff that I came up in, again, not all bad, but we're men. We mess mm-hmm. stuff up. We we pursue different things that aren't of like even asking God, hey, is this what you have? How are you going to work mm-hmm. this out? What is the what pathway? But we pursue a mathematical equation for the yes. Holy Spirit instead of that genuine connection. And I've seen it messed up. But when Paul spends all that time talking about that you know, chapter 12, 13, 14, mm-hmm. he's very pointed with mm-hmm. it. He said, I, I wish you would all speak in tongues. So that's one thing he says, but he also says, but if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to embrace that gift, embrace this gift of the prophetic, because it is going to build up the church if yep. you steward it right. Yeah. So, I mean, so those two things, I mean, if those two things are super important, he spends nearly three and a half, four chapters talking about the importance of it, then why are we so willing to put it in a, in a boat and send it down the river? Cause it's, it's freaky. No, I'm right. serious. Like, I, like me, Nate, and you know, Nate a decade <laughs> ago, freaky. It's like, okay, they're weird. They're, they're doing bad things in the name of Jesus because right. people are looking at them going, you're crazy. But do you know who one of the most spirit led teachers I, I, I've ever still known to this day? S- studied. I was a studied teacher. I, see, but what I would recognize and discern, you're talking discernment, when yeah, you yeah. would teach and I would listen, I would be like, oh, Holy Spirit. Because there was an anointing and a sure. gifting on your life to teach that the Holy Spirit would come alive in those moments. I kid you, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm like, you were one of the most concise because you studied, mm-hmm. but when you would really step into it, the Holy Spirit would release that, and there was life on yep. those words you were speaking. It wasn't just words. I'm not and, that way And anymore. the studied, Nate. No, just, yes, you are. You're still one of my favorites, I just, but I just, that's me. I just wing it now. But, no. but I'm saying, but and I and I'm, I I don't know if I, I I don't even know if I ever shared that with you, but I watched it and be like, that's the Holy Spirit coming yep. alive and and trying to break out of the box that yeah, we yeah, create yeah, yeah. in the yeah. structure, right? So. For sure. No, and that's, I, I think that's where I've matured a lot is um, that uh, I look at it as that time of study put put God's word in my brain. Yes. And now um, that two years ago, um, the Holy Spirit, God said, Nate, for the foreseeable future, when you pre- like, you're not going to prepare. Right. Uh, so when it is your time to speak. You just go. I remember one of the first times they came to cultivate one night and you're like, he told me no notes. And I was like, oh, that's that's hard for you. <laughs> it is, right. Yeah. But you know what's funny, Jeremy, is in the last two years, again, it's going back to all that time that I spent in the word. Absolutely. It's bearing fruit now because the Holy Spirit can go, hey, these passages that, that you've put in you, yep. you spent the time to read. Okay, now connect that with this. And I'm like, but those two don't go together. And he's like, connect them. Right. And, and so that's like, that's what I mean is I feel like a lot of the teaching, at least for me that I've done, I feel like is far more mature because I'm starting to connect things that I would have never in my own reading right. put together. Um, and, and I've had 
probably the most encouraging feedback in the last couple of years of of that. Now, I don't say that t- to be prouder or boast. It's it's going. It took a willful decision on my part yes. to go. Okay, that's obedience. <laughs> like I'm, you know, my desire to know where I'm going, but I'm going to release that to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what I mean, and that's what I see in your life. In in, I. Th- you're exactly right. There's like no mathematical no. way to build maturity other than are you entrusting these areas to God? Are you trusting him right. with what he is asking you to give up or to implement in your, for you? D- Jeremy, say these words. I'm not going to say I'm these words. <laughs> I don't want to. No, no, no. <laughs> please don't make yeah. But the, yeah, and so um, I think that's the that's the hard. I think that's probably one of the hardest things is to release that control to him. But that's what builds maturity. That's what builds maturity. A guy asked me the other day, "What do you do?" I said, "I just keep showing up, man." I was yeah. like, "That's it." And I'm like, "I know a really good dad um, who's been really, really good to me." Like you were talking about earlier, I just keep showing up. I don't have it all figured out yet. I'm just I'm diligently with a, my whole heart and it's messy sometimes, but I'm mm. pursuing God. So speaking of messy, <laughs> I, uh, it's so one of the words when this airs, I think this is airing are going to be published in the new year. Okay. So right now it's pre Christmas as yeah. we're talking. And a week ago I was leaf blowing my yard and God, uh, d- do you remember how I told you, Hey Jeremy, I don't feel like I'm, I should lead the noon prayer up. Yeah, on Monday I anymore. do. Yep. Yeah. So you, you, we talked, and I wanted to lead. We do noon prayer at our our church, and um, just like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, I I was like, hey Jeremy, I feel like in the new year, I feel released from that. Um, what I didn't tell you is I was super excited because then I could I, I still had that hour blocked out, and I'm gonna spend it in my office praying into cultivate and. Our leaders and I'm like because that's a holy thing to do you know um, just not so much focusing on the church <laughs> grimace no I, like I was no and so last week I was I was leaf blowing and not even listening to like anything substantial uh, I was listening to a podcast but nothing think nothing spiritual whatsoever and uh <laughs> God brought to mind, do you know, um, it, you know, the guy who stands out on Wednesdays with, um, at the corner? Oh, yeah. So Monday, <laughs> during that hour, I told Lacey this. I did not want to tell her. I was like, I'm, I'm going to be an idiot. Uh, very vividly, he's like, I want you to bring life to people on that corner because that's not what happens the other time so <laughs> yippee for me <laughs> so that, but that's like that's what he said he goes during that hour that's what i want you to do hmm. and i'm like oh that is all of the things wrapped into one that i don't want to do <laughs> like that is exactly put me back in noontime prayer please. yeah I'll, give me noon noon prayer noon uh... prayer any day of the week but it here's the deal i i it's interesting because our ministry is a wholeness ministry. It's freedom ministry. It, we What we do is bring life to people, right. encourage people, help them better hear the voice of God, help them live empowered with the Holy Spirit for their relationships. So all that being said, I'm like, okay, I could see how this could fit into our ministry, but it's like right. Nate Steele, again, decade ago, Nate would have been like that, that idiot. <laughs> That guy I drove by and saw him. Yeah. Nope. Anyways, but it's it's these areas, and and you're exactly right that when you walk with God, you see His faithfulness, and you start to see the things He asks you either to give up or to implement into right. your life, are for your good. And over the last two years, it has been a an instapot of God's goodness in my life and recognizing, okay, anything he asks me to do, it's going to be for my good. Yep. Will, will it be uncomfortable? Maybe. Probably. More, more than likely. But I also, every step I've taken, 
has been one of greater intimacy and peace with him. So the, cra- the crazy thing that he's going to ask me to step into, I know for a fact will lead to greater intimacy and peace with him. Yep. And and um, so what, so in your walk, in your journey, like do you have like one or two times where where God did ask you or or had you step out? Because you are, you're very much a people person. So I don't see like- I do. Like I don't see God going, hey, Jeremy, I want you to talk to that person <laughs> being too much of a, oh no. It's not too much of a stretch for me, really. So, so are there times though, or are there things that God has asked of you where you're like, so I don't know about that? <laughs> there's been there's been several. The one one first one actually is when we were in Alaska and God was about ready to move us to Church on the Rock. Actually, was one of the one of the first one of the first ones where Leslie wicked discernment. She's super. <laughs> she'd be like, I could have told you that three days ago. Um, but. But the but in amidst of that transition, um, that that time in our life, we were we were involved in ministry, been there for it was Leslie's dad's church, been there for a while. Um, and I really felt like we're supposed to leave. And she thought we were supposed to leave earlier. But mm-hmm. it, what God was doing is he was building us together in, in unity in our marriage and and for the sake of our ministry. And uh, but I went on a I went on a 40 day fast. It was the most mm-hmm. craziest thing I've ever done. And I think it was day about day 30, mid 30s. I'm like water and coffee. Like people are like, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, probably not because God called me to it. So yeah. and even if I do, I'll be yeah. present with him. But that was one of the hardest seasons because we had invested <clears throat> so much and we felt like, God, we have invested so much. And then you're going to ask us to go and in a worship service that night, like I, what I'm seeing, like heaven coming down in the mm. service, I'm seeing like, I'm seeing like real live angels. Like I'm seeing all sorts of mm. crazy stuff in this time. And then super quiet. The Holy spirit goes, it's time to go. And I was mm. like, what? It's, it's time to go. And I was like, Oh, we, we want us to not be here. Yeah. It's time to go. Like it was super quiet. Yeah. But in that moment, as a good dad, his son heard, and I'm like, babe, it's time to go. And she's like, yep, I knew it. I was just waiting for you to hear clearly because I'm supposed to submit to you and I'm a very submissive wife, um, which that's, she genuinely is. But I was like, that's exactly I, how I would describe her. <laughs> when she's watching this, she's going to chuckle because she always comes to me and she goes, I am that submissive wife. I'm like, yeah, right. Um, no, my <laughs> wife is a great wife, but she's very point blank and black and yeah. white. So anyways, we transitioned there. That was a very hard time because again, we had invested much in, in lots of relationship and God had done miraculous things in our lives in the midst of that. And then boom, so we move. So, um, you know, um, again, I, I mean, thinking about those transitions, but there's been other, you know, there was a, our, our transition here, like when you're sharing, I'm, I'm like, yep, felt that way. Yep. <laughs> went through some hard stuff. So there, there was some harder things in, in transition, but sometimes in those pressureful times, it's, it's hard. It took me a 30 day fast to hear God clearly. Um, again, it was an exercise of building relationship like yep. we're talking about and, and distance with God, but in the midst of other transitions, I mean, I, I was I was praying, asking for clarity on the next step in ministry, the next step in life. And I wasn't hearing very clear. There was a lot of transition stuff going on. We were very unsure about what, where things were going to go as far as ministry and life and stuff. But uh, so um, I went hunting um, in September in the midst of just wading through some of this stuff. Could not hear God. Like it's like when you hear so clear and it's like, you're like, oh, dude, I'm going to ask God and he's going to totally tell me. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> One month, two months, three months, we go hunting. And I had a dream on like the fourth or fifth night of that moose hunt out there in the middle of nowhere. And it was super clear to me at that point what Mm. what I was to not do, which is what I was asking God. And he said, nope, that's not it. Don't do it. Mm. And in that dream, there were some relational things. And, you know, I, I anyways, I woke up from that dream knowing I am not supposed to do that. Thank you, God, for being so faithful as a good dad to speak to me, because what I wanted to hear is I wanted to hear from me what I was supposed to do as a son. I didn't want a word from a yeah. son. I just yeah. said, God, I need to hear just like when you saved my life and you spoke to me. I need to hear you that way. And he was yeah. super faithful, but I had to diligently pursue. I had to show up. I had to invest that time in prayer and host some hard rows. Um, but he showed up and he spoke to me. But then um, in the midst of transition here, I had no idea. 
I had gone back to doing some old jobs that I had done in the past, and it was like, okay, God, is this is this it? Mm-hmm. Is this what you have for me at this point in my life years later? And knowing that really God doesn't, I don't believe God ever really changes the call of God on your life. He just, he tweaks and dials Mm. things. So I knew what I was called to, but I was wrestling with doubt. The enemy was lying to me. Um, People were speaking harsh things into me. Like, you know, you're not cut out for this, or this is not what you're wired for. Maybe it's, maybe it's not, you know, ministry. Maybe you're supposed to go back. And I mean, I just had all this traffic, right? And I, I had been, and again, it's like like three month periods. I don't know why three month periods are key, but it was like November, December, January coming into February, Mm. praying, praying, not hearing clearly, applying for people like, we'll go back to the market. I'm I'm applying for jobs. I'm doing all the right things to, to take care of my family, my wife, house stuff, and, and genuinely desiring to just serve God with my life. Yeah. And I'm driving uh, in the valley, and man, I broke. I broke down. I had to pull the car over. I am sobbing uncontrollably. Uh, I'm like, I, I suck. I'm a horrible son, God. I, I'm maybe I'm not wired for this. So how did you navigate, and maybe you were getting into it and I probably cut you off. I'm so sorry. No, No, I'm so sorry. No, you're so, but how do you navigate that disappointment and juxtaposed to God's voice, God's word for you? I, I just had to go. I don't think you changed your mind, but I was still, I was like, you're talking about low points in the first couple years here. That was probably the lowest I had ever been. Doubting myself, doubting God, and, and and I'm you know here we are years later beyond my initial salvation, you know nearly, nearly, gosh what 13, 15 years later, right? Oh, you're super old, yeah. I am super old. Um, <laughs> but in that moment, again, I had been pursuing God, I had been weeping, I had been doing all this stuff, trying to care for my wife's heart in the midst of that, and just feeling wasted mm-hmm. but i think god was letting me waste a little bit just being mm-hmm. like i'm i know but i'm still i'm still here but it's hard to it's hard to do that and again not hearing super clearly in that mm-hmm. time period because of the confusion and stuff and so at that moment was like a uh, car wash for me mm-hmm. i'm sobbing on the side of the road i'm just pouring my heart out to god i may have said things i shouldn't have said i mean i was just in a really broken hurt yeah. dark place but what I loved, and I was praying for direction and this and that's and this and this. But in that moment, I did not hear exactly mm. those things. What I heard from God, he said, son, you are exactly as I made you to be. Mm. Because what he had to speak to first before anything could else was open up was the heart of his son yeah. for all the rubbish that had been lobbed that way that was not what he was doing. And I had started to own some of that stuff. Mm. And what he was doing in that moment was like, remember what I've called you to do. He was removing some of those things I had allowed to take root and he was very lovingly pulling them out. So when I heard the Holy Spirit speak so clear and I was like, oh, I'm not broken. Mm. I'm, I'm just, I, Jeremy is just as Jeremy is supposed to be. Like I didn't need to add mm. extra to it. All the other things that have been said were untrue. And God said, you are perfect as I made you, mm-hmm. regardless of what people would say or what the enemy would say. So that was a that was a flip switch moment for me where I was like, okay, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't want, know what ministry is going to look like. I don't even know how I'm going to afford to keep my house. Like all that stuff I don't know, mm-hmm. but I do know this. You're good and you're with me. And great peace came in that moment. Like mm-hmm. you said, I was like... But like I could breathe. I'm like, okay, let's, you know, what are we going to do? I have no idea, but I know mm. God's in it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I think so. That's, no. And I think that's honestly, there's been seasons in my life where I'm like, you know what? Um, I think I would rather have a word from you, God, than this circumstance be taken care of. Like, mm-hmm. cause there's, there is something about his voice you have, like you're saying, a call in your life, what, you know, things that he's spoken into you before. Yep. But just that moment of, of, um, 
last last year I had a had a one of our leaders speak over me. Um, th- this is through the time where I felt I was I was going like crazy. I'm like crazy. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> and just doing things completely, you know, essentially all but ignoring our leaders in cultivate. But I it was f- in it was because I know God had it was certain things God had asked me to do. And um, and one of my leaders came to me. He goes, you know, I'm I'm really offended at you uh, because you haven't been speaking into our lives. And and I'm like, like okay, what do I do with that? Because I I was right. God told me to do that. And he goes, the other thing that God told me about you is, well done, right? Well done, my son. And I just started. Balling, and he yep. goes. He goes. It was at that moment I realized I wasn't offended at you anymore because God had told you to do certain things that didn't involve your leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the right those moments where it's like I just need to know I'm on some semblance of the right track. Like yeah. right, dude. What I love about that <laughs> moment too is because even in those moments we have to we have to be careful again not to balance that mathematical equation yeah. because God will often. In your diligent pursuit, I want to hear you. I want he will send somebody else and he will mm-hmm. not speak directly to you. So we've got to temper that willingness in our own flesh mm-hmm. to be like, oh, that was you answering me. Well, and it was it was out of this guy's offense at me. Right. Like he legitimately came to me. He goes, hey, I want you to know I'm offended at you. But here's what God spoke to me about you. And he wants me to tell you. And so it was like in a moment, offense turned to. Uh, almost like a, a pride, not a pride like, like you're proud. You're proud of, you're proud of someone. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, good job. And so it was almost this offense immediately turned to, he was really proud of me, and he had a word for me. And it was like I said, just wanna, <clears throat> just a beautiful moment of acknowledging my own what I perceived as failure, and immediately meeting it with, no, this is exactly what I've told you to do. And so it, man, the, right, like those moments where it's like. As much as I would like certain things um, resolved in my life, yes, I'm learning his voice is so much sweeter than than resolution. Yeah, uh, fix it, fix it, fix it, and he's like, I want to speak to you while yeah. I'm fixing it. Well, and I want to actually fix it in a deeper way than what you're just asking for. Absolutely, you know. But again, release control. <laughs> I know, man. Well. You know, and that was one of the other kind of, you're talking about moments where God spoke when we first came down here and Scott invited us to come down and we flew down. I'm like, there is not a burning chance I'm moving to Texas. Forget (laughs) this. I'm a 39-year Alaskan resident. Like, ain't happening, Mm -hmm. man. And I'm on Scott's back porch, day two, day three, having a cup of coffee, looking out his backyard before there was a ton of houses out there. And the Holy Spirit spoke so clear. Hmm. And I'd been asking, right? But I didn't want to hear exactly what he was about to tell me. And he said, and this is one of those times, too, where it's like the Holy Spirit said, if you come here. I'll use your life. Mm. And I'm like, well, crap, that's not what I want to hear. Wait, wait, so I what wanna, if I don't? I know. <laughs> I want to hear a thus saith the Lord move to Texas and do yeah. this deal. But he was like, nope, if you come here, I will use your life. And I was left to wrestle yeah. with, but I heard clear, but it wasn't exactly how I wanted to hear it. <laughs> like, just tell me to go, please. No, Tell me what to do. I just, dad me. <laughs> but- I mean, but in that moment again, but it was so sweet because it was like, it was an invitation of God. Will you come and partner and trust me and let me be the good dad that I'm really wired to be? And do you really want to be the son that I genuinely Mm -hmm. desire to bless and pour out my, pour out my anointing on? I'm like, yeah, I think I, I think I do. Well, in, in those moments, in the invitation, I, uh, there's a dynamic and I don't know if we have the time to get into it. There's a dynamic that happens when you make the decision to follow, to say, okay, God, right. I, you, fine, I give in, I tap out, whatever, I, you know, I'm gonna go, because I want you to use my life. Mm-hmm. And then you come on, I think, future, you know, whatever disappointments. Yep. And I feel like there is a holy, gotta choose my words carefully, moment amidst disappointment as you're following him where you can say, God, 
you said you would do this in my life and I'm not seeing it happen. Mm -hmm. I, I did choose you. I did choose you. You, you gave me an option and I chose it, but I don't see these things happening. Where's the fruit? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's what I wrestle with. And I think I, this is what I mean by I think more than more than more often than not, I feel like he does the invitation more than command. Absolutely. Because he know he knows that will draw us deeper into his heart. Yeah. It grows our faith. Command is like, OK, I'm a servant. But in a in Do a because you told me so. <laughs> right. But in a friendship. There's something, there's a unique dynamic where he invites you in. Okay, I'm going to submit to that invitation. Yeah. And then let's say a year down the road, and you're like, God, I've been, I've been doing this. You, pro- you, these are, this is a promise you gave me when, when you invited me in, into whatever, a calling. You know, I'm right. not even, I'm not talking about salvation. And I, I feel like he does that intentionally to be like, yeah, wrestle with me. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's, let, like. Come at me, bro. No, like, but, but it's, 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 it's that it's in relationship, right? It's going, yes. listen, I didn't make some promises. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Right. Not in a, not in a, well, it's cause you sinned and you messed up. No, it's, no. it's no, let's mm-hmm. do you like, I, I don't, I, I don't know how to verbalize, I guess what I'm there, thinking. There are promises that have not. And here's the thing with the prophetic too. There are promises that have not yet come to pass that I know for a, for show, like mm-hmm. 100% that God's going to work it out. I haven't seen it yet. Right. Right. This is part of what Paul talks about. I prophesy in part. We see in part, we don't get the whole 360 picture, mm-hmm. but we get those moments to trust grow, be obedient to a really, really good dad who's inviting us into the relationship piece. It's not just a bunch of commands and things he asks us to do. Although that does, that's a good thing to go, I trust you and I'm going to walk in that. But man, um, there are things that I'm still waiting for five years later that I know that he's working out and now, but see the thing, what do you do in that five year period where you hear and you know, like you were even sharing, man, the first three yeah. years were rough. I'm beginning to see it now. And it is so exciting to watch the Holy Spirit unveil mm-hmm. the things like, you know, go to a car show, got a super cool cover or, or a car. They're getting to reveal the new body style for whatever. And they pull, begin to pull that cover. And then they mm-hmm. stop and you're like, no, 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 no. I want to see the whole car. You get to see the tire. You you lost me on a car show. Sorry. My bad. I, whatever reveal it is, I don't I mean, whatever that is, and you're super excited, but then you get like an ankle and you're like, well, that's a I want to see the whole picture. An ankle? I don't what know why I thought that. I'm like, now? ankle. I don't know. The piece like a monogamous uh re- marriage and he was yes. referring to the the wedding the wedding. Absolutely. Night. 20 years with my wife this year. Um no, but like you get the you get the exciting piece. Apple iPhone reveal. I'm reeling it, it been, back. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be 20, 20 years this February. Dude, yeah. we we just celebrated 17. So crazy. So 20 years, man. It's going to be amazing. Ooh, congratulations. Right smack dab in the middle of missions conference. Hey. I I did that. Um Awesome. But uh but it's but it's when you reveal. <laughs> Still an ankle. ankle. I don't know why I thought of ankle. Leslie, Leslie was right. Save me, Nate. Oh, no. Um, no way. I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch fine. this train crash. No, but it. I'm bringing it back because it is that exciting thing, like a kid when you know, you know that yeah. you know that God is gonna do Christmas it. Christmas morning. Christmas morning. Thank you. It's the present. And you're like, I know. And you peel one piece and then yeah. you stop. And you're like, no, 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 the whole, do it yeah, all. Yeah. Um, because there were things even stepping into that. There was one of our former friends, Jordan Crocker actually called me mm. when he heard I was moving to Texas. I haven't, I hadn't talked to him in several yeah. years when him and Rachel moved out to Colorado. And he said, dude, I heard you're going to Texas. God is going to do amazing mm. things. That's awesome. And then he began to prophesy and speak some stuff that I'm beginning to see happen mm. now. But it wasn't automatic. Yeah. But yet, God's all, if you'll walk with me, if you'll pursue relationship, if you'll listen and hear and just enjoy mm. every shred of what I'm going to do, good, bad, ugly, and in between, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. So that, and that sometimes is the Terry part. Terry, w- Terry, wait for it, for it will surely come is mm-hmm. what, you know, in Haggai is what it says. It's like, it will surely come. Mm-hmm. Wait for it. Yeah. But it's for an appointed time. And that's yeah. in our flesh where we wrestle with <clears throat> wrestle with that supernatural, you know, gifting and things we get to see and then yeah. have to wait for. It's 
good, man. So, dude, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for chanting with me. I'm glad I got finally got to hang out and talk shooting about the breeze. Jesus. Thanks for shooting the breeze with me. Um, yeah, well, I'll have to we'll have to schedule another time. It's taken only a year to get you on my podcast. I know it's awesome. Hey, can we do it? No, we got to cancel. I mean, <laughs> hey, but again, it's timing. I think, and I think for this season that the church is in, that the yeah. world is in, the very one thing that I think will pierce the void for people that are seeking and looking to find out if God is really real is the Holy Spirit alive and active in a believer and whatever giftings are on your life where people look and they go, that's genuine stuff that I have to get in on. I, I, I have to understand what that is. The guy at the checkout line last week in HEB, I knew there was something different. I, I said mm-hmm. something about Jesus and being in church and he said, <clears throat> I knew there was something different about you. Mm. Those are those moments that you wait for where you're like, and God has something for yeah. you. So anyways, it's like it's like you said, it's an Instapot, it's the pressure cooker. We don't know what's coming out the other side, but it's really awesome if we'll remain faithful when he yeah. does it, so. Um, so I don't usually do this, but I want I do want you to close in prayer, but I also know there is someone listening who needs that encouragement from God. Amen. And uh, I, just as you pray, um, listen to God's voice. And if you wouldn't mind just speaking life over um, whoever that is. I, like, I, I don't know. I, I just have a very strong sense that someone's like, exactly, exactly where Jeremy was. I need, I need to know. Yeah, I agree. God, I thank you for our time today. And Holy Spirit, for whoever is hearing this today, uh, the word is, I am bringing life Mm -hmm. and love like you have never seen before. And I just get this picture of him setting up this Christmas tree for you, listener, for, for you. And he's putting together the base and he's putting up the tree. And maybe there's been some missing pieces over the course of those years. But as he is unveiling the tree, as he is setting it up it's not going to be missing any lights it's not going to be missing any bulbs it's going to have the best star the best decorations and when he reveals his goodness to you you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that god you are really really real and really really pursuing me so lord i i speak life and i speak love in this season god where we're celebrating jesus that lord people would step into relationship with you really really clear and definite And Lord, again, it's not a mathematic equation. It's not Sunday attendance that even gets us to arrive. You're genuinely a good dad who pursues his children. And God, for this reveal, I pray that you would reveal to the hearts and minds of your sons and daughters that you are real, that you are for them, that you are good, and that they are fearfully and wonderfully made with destiny and purpose. And Lord, they have not been passed over or overlooked. You see them and you care and you're working it out for their good. So we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Goodbye.